right, let's turn to the final Paralympic spotlight. This week, Cece Radford talks to boccia player Leung Yuk Wing, who won a bronze medal in his individual event on Wednesday morning. Cece also spoke with Trisha Leahy, the chief executive of the Hong Kong Sports Institute, to hear about plans to build on this summer's Olympic and Paralympic success. This week's Paralympic Spotlight is Lung Yuk Wing. Hong Kong's sporting success continues as on Wednesday morning, 36-year-old Lung won a bronze medal at the Boccia Mixed Individual BC4 event in Tokyo. As one of Hong Kong's most decorated Paralympians, Lung previously won gold at the Athens 2004 and Rio 2016 Paralympic Games, as well as a silver medal at the Beijing 2008 Paralympics. Before the Paralympic athletes headed out to Tokyo, I briefly caught up with Lung to see how he was feeling ahead of the Games. Last year, because actually we prepared very well for the Paralympic Games, and um, after the, uh, the Paralympic Games postponed, we felt a bit um, disappointed, and uh, but actually a bit lazy because um, we know um, the Games has been postponed. But um, after half half years like um we're going to keep it up and prepare for the games so um the condition is much better at the moment if i'm uh able-bodied uh we would like to watch some of the paralympic sports and um to get to know the sports what are the uh, classifications what are the games will be and especially i'm now the disability um i also like to watch the games, uh, all the Paralympic games. So it is a chance for us to, to know the Paralympic sports and um, yeah, to, to let all the people understand all uh, the Paralympic games. Yeah. A huge congratulations to Lung on his fourth Paralympic medal. With the Paralympics set to conclude on the 5th of September, it's time to reflect on what has been a fantastic summer of sport for Hong Kong. Trisha Leahy, Chief Executive of the Hong Kong Sports Institute, shared her thoughts and reflections with me. Trisha, what a summer for Hong Kong at the Olympic and the Paralympic Games. Six medals in total at the Olympics, one gold, two silver, three bronze. Two Paralympic medals so far with still a few days to go. So who knows what will happen there? What's been the reaction over at the Hong Kong Sports Institute? It must be, you must be incredibly happy. Look, we're all very happy, very proud of the athletes um, and uh, really happy that, um, you know, all of the plans came to fruition. Everything was executed perfectly. And basically these results are the outcome you know, of a very comprehensive systemic approach built up over the years, uh, which we're now seeing the results of. So that's uh, very, very happy for everyone at the Institute, you know, right from, you know, the, the cleaning staff, you know, who clean the athletes hostels, you know, right up to the science and medicine support teams, right up to the catering staff, to the coaches, everybody is extremely happy about this. I bet, I bet. And it's, a, as you say, a team effort, you know, every, yep. everybody contributes to this. Moving right. forward then, Trisha, you know, we would hope that as we move forward, it doesn't need to be a long gap again, I guess, until Hong Kong has such another historic summer. What 
do you hope to build on moving forward or how do you hope to build on this summer's success? Well, I think before we we talk about the the building on and the moving forward, we first have to recognize how we got to this point. And this isn't a sudden thing. This right. is a very planned outcome. And when we think about the development of athletes, we have to think about in terms of eight to 10 years to 12 years to really get an athlete ready to perform at the Olympics. So that means you have to go back. What have we been doing over the last 10 to 12 years? And a number of um, things that we've been doing, including setting up a very comprehensive system around the athletes with clearly identified critical success factors that we know directly impact their, their performance. Obviously, world standard venues, obviously coaching, science, medicine, technology, research, uh, access to education, a flexible education to allow them to train full time, uh, adequate funding for them, and a pathway in through and out of the system so that parents and themselves don't have to worry about what am I going to do once I'm no longer an athlete. So we've been setting up that system progressively since 2008. We redeveloped the whole Sports Institute in 2009, finished that in 2015. The government set up uh, a very nice elite athlete development fund in 2011. And following that, we then had the sustained funding to really put money into the critical success factors. So that's what we're seeing right now. All we're always looking for, now that we have a very mature system, the concept is proven, the athlete's results are now coming. Um, and when we look back at the indicators that these results were coming. We look back at the stepping stones, Asian championship results, world championship results, Asian games results. So everything has been moving in the right trend. And as we move along, we've been looking at um, how to get, we're, we're all looking at for marginal gains. So across each of the successful, the critical success factors, we're looking for tiny, tiny improvements in each of those areas. And all of those tiny improvements then add up to the difference between a gold medal or no medal, as you see our one, you know, on, on, in the counts of, you know, one point can win or lose the medal, um, hundredths of a second can win or lose the medal. So that's what we're looking at. So we have a very evidence-based scientific approach. Now going forward, what we'll be looking to do is in a number of key areas. We want to really improve our um, access to venues and we're building a new building, which is close to about 1 billion that the government is funding for us. And we went to the Legislative Council last week. They were very supportive. So we're hoping to have that building, we're planning to have that building ready um, in the middle of 2024. So that will house a couple of multi-sports training venues, um, a much enlarged um, sports science, technology and medical center to allow all of the athletes to more easily access and to allow us to take forward our marginal gains technology and science initiatives that will help the athletes. The other area moving forward that we'll be uh, looking at is, and we're very grateful for the government setting aside $300 million to then fund some of the um, projects that we'll need to do to actualize those technology-based marginal gains. So we're really looking forward to collaborating with you know, university and other partners in doing that. 
And the next area that we're very excited about is, again, the Hong Kong chief executive has, um, you know, indicated and, and actually has been a long-term supporter of athletes' needs and their educational needs. And uh, we're working closely with the uh, UGC to um, ensure that when they're at the university level, the athletes have a clear what we call dual career path. So. On the one hand, they're full-time professional athletes, and on the other hand, they're also getting access to their university education so that um, they don't have to sacrifice one or the other. So by the time then they're ready to retire from being um, an elite athlete, they're already fully qualified with degrees, master's degrees, PhDs, whatever they need to move on to the next phase. And then the final piece that we'll be looking to enhance is the access to high school education. So right now, we have a very nice program with uh, the Lamdai Phi College and with the ESF systems, and they provide access to flexible education for senior high school athletes who, uh, you know, by the time they're 16, they really need to be training full time with us if they're going to make it to the Olympics or Asian Games or World Champs. So then we need to accommodate their high school uh, education. They can't give that up. Um, so with the Lamdai Phi School, we have a special class that allows them to, um, if you like, have flexible access to curriculum, uh, extend the graduation time frame, and at the same time, keep moving towards their sporting goals as well. So we'll be looking to enhance all of these areas and basically increase our professionalism across the board and really have a look at you know, how we can get those marginal gains. And coming up soon, we very soon, we have the Winter Olympics, at the end of this year or early 2022. We have the Asian Games in September 2022. Um, then the new Kaitak Sports Park comes online in 2023. That's going to be amazing for the whole sporting community in Hong Kong. Then 2024, we're back into Paris Olympics. 2025, we have the um, National Games, which will be co-hosted by Hong Kong, Macau, and um, and Gongzhou, so the whole Daya Bay area, uh, not Daya Bay, the whole Greater Bay area. So this is going to be a fantastic, um, I think, motivation, impetus, and a focus on sport for the next few years. And I really, as you can see, you know, with the government buying the direct broadcasting rights, what an impact that had on everyone, that feel-good factor. You just, you know, can't put a value on that, I think. And so that's, uh, we hopefully can keep that impetus going forward. And hopefully more parents will consider, wow, you know, my kid has talent. There is a pathway in and through and up and out and it's all catered for. I don't have to worry about them. So that would be great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it's what a comprehensive plan. And it's, it's certainly a busy and bright uh, future for, for sports in Hong Kong. And as you said there, you know, the broadcasting rights really has meant that the hype in Hong Kong has been fantastic. So many yeah. people talking about these games. Trisha, my final question for you, have you got a personal highlight, as a memory you'll remember, a particular event or moment that, that will stand out for you? No, look, I think all of it was so spectacular. You know, the the, the medal-winning games were spectacular. The medal-winning events were spectacular. The events where the athletes lost but absolutely fought to the death, those were spectacular. So we just appreciate the whole thing. The, I think the display 
of expertise and the display of beautiful, beautiful sports um, technique and skills was just fantastic for everyone to watch and us as well. Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, Tricia, thank you so much. Um, very excited for the future of sport in Hong Kong. And, and thank you today for sharing a little bit of insight of, of what that might look like. So thank you so much. It has been fantastic to cover the Olympic and Paralympic Games via weekly Sportlights this summer. From triathlon to equestrian to power walking and to boccia, thank you to all the athletes, coaches and professionals in these sports that have shared a little about themselves with me. And of course, thank you to the whole of Team Hong Kong for inspiring the city for the last six weeks. And that was Cece Radford for the final Paralympic Spotlight, and she was speaking with Boccia player Leung Yukwing, who won a bronze medal in his individual event on Wednesday morning, and also to Tricia Leahy, the chief executive of the Sports Institute, of the Hong Kong Sports Institute, as she laid out some plans to build on this summer's Olympic and Paralympic success. And a massive big thank you to Cece Radford for her wonderful uh, hard work in getting the coaches, the athletes, and rounding up some of the most important highlights for us uh, for this summer's Paralympic and Olympic. Many thanks to you once again, Cece Radford.